You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Vikings Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, your pal in the Katie Copied Off in Math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Shows on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today we're keeping up with everything that's going on in free agency. Obviously, the flurry is on, and today, Wednesday, is the day that things actually are going to officialize. So all of the contracts will turn over. A bunch of uh, pending free agents will become official free agents, and the deals that were signed in the tampering period, the ones we all already know about, will actually, you know, pen will hit paper, they'll become official. Right now, technically, anybody can balk, only hands have been shaken. So the Vikings had a fairly quiet day, uh, second day of, of free agency. I think we're all still just kind of talking about Dalvin Tomlinson and talking about everything else that's going on. There's a couple other things that I didn't quite get to yesterday that we're going to talk about today. And I also, in the spirit of trying to figure out the Dalvin Tomlinson signing, I brought in Patricia Trina of locked on Giants, who had some glowing things to say about Dalvin Tomlinson and her recommendations for usage and stuff. We got into a really interesting back and forth there. So I'm looking forward to that. And then I also want to circle back to something that happened before anybody was signed on Monday. Chad Graff released an interesting piece about Daniel Hunter that I, I told you I would come around and, and talk about. And we're going to do a little bit of uh, a little bit of group therapy about Daniel Hunter because I know everybody's freaking out a little bit. So we're going to talk about all that stuff. But first, I guess let's get all of the news out of the way. So there's mostly it's it's rumors right now. Um, a lot of the players the Vikings were in on that we talked about yesterday uh, have been signed, taken off the market. William Jackson, I, I think the Vikings might have been in on him. I never saw anything like super credible. I could have missed it, though. Either way, he ends up in Washington. Uh, Shaquille Griffin ends up in Jacksonville. So the corners are starting to go, to go off of the market. But it sounds like the Vikings are trying to get their hands dirty in that cornerback market. So we'll see if they land one of them. One person that they have been reported to be in on by Ben Gessling. Mackenzie Alexander. And that's really interesting because if you remember, Mackenzie Alexander was very upset with the Vikings this time last year. Uh, it had a lot to do with them playing him in the week 17 game. He got injured. He missed the playoffs. And it really, I think, kind of hurt his momentum headed into free agency. And he was upset about that and upset about not only the, the, the injury that was sustained in a meaningless game, but also that he, you know, it kind of implies that he's a backup, right? You play in a meaningless game and they bench Mike Hughes, you play anyways. It implies that you're a second teamer and he wanted to be a starter and, and he didn't really trust that. So the Vikings would have had to outbid Cincinnati by quite a bit to get him last year. That was the situation last year. Well, it seems like, you know, a year apart, get a little space, cool down a little bit and, and maybe, uh, Parties are open to renegotiating this, and maybe Mackenzie Alexander can rejoin the Vikings. Uh, they also continue to make a push for Anthony Harris. Really interestingly, they are also, I guess, making a push for Keanu Neal. And that one is weird to me. There's a lot of teams in on Keanu Neal. I think he's just a popular player in the league, and the Vikings are one of many. But Keanu Neal, in terms of a scheme fit, is really interesting. He's very Jamal Adamsy, where he's like a, a true box safety. And Josina Anderson, who's been reporting most of the stuff going on with Keanu Neal, a bunch of other free agents, uh, she said that he's actually even willing to transition to linebackers. So he's going to be like a linebacker safety hybrid, sort of uh, the, the old J-Ron curse position, if you will. 
that's really weird if the Vikings are interested in that. Now, I don't know if they are one of the teams that are trying to get him to move to linebacker, if they just want him as a safety. I actually probably would expect that they would want him more as a safety, right? They've, they're set at linebacker, at least for this year, outside of like depth signings and stuff. Um, but if they were, I mean, that's just another like really fascinating piece. And, and the Vikings would kind of be made almost entirely of really, really weird pieces, right? You've got like two nose tackles in the middle. You've got uh, Stephen Weatherly, who was a linebacker in college or a 3 4 linebacker in college playing defensive end and stand up rushing on the inside. You'd ha- have uh, Keanu Neal doing like star nickel type stuff where he would be like a box safety. You'd have Harrison Smith, obviously a, a Swiss Army knife, Anthony Barr, whatever position he is. It would be this very strange defense. And it's like, what, what is Zimmer planning? If they're even considering that, right? And, you know, they are, I think, among all of the teams interested in, in Keanu Neal, they're one of the, the poorest teams. They're one of the teams with the least cap space. So I don't know. It doesn't seem like they're going to be particularly well equipped to like legitimately compete in that bidding war. But the fact that they've signaled interest in a player like that, it it sort of says, okay, what are they willing? Like they are willing to really, really break tendency here. And they're willing to, to kind of grab anybody they think is good at football and and then give them to Zimmer and say, find a way to make this work as a, as a coherent defense. And Spielman, that's not a surprise, right? He's said all the time, you know, my job is to get the players in the building and then I hand it off to the coaches and they use them how they use them. And he kind of defers that to the coaches. So he doesn't bring in a player like Keanu Neal and says, hey, I'm only bringing this player in if we're going to if you're willing to move him to linebacker or whatever. Right. That's not Spielman's decision. It's the coach's decision who's in the room saying, hey, if you bring in Keanu Neal, I'd move him to linebacker and, you know, value that accordingly. So maybe they're constructing a weird defense. Maybe they're just throwing out feelers to a bunch of players and uh, maybe they'll be way more conservative than their current kind of bidding behavior suggests, but they are still trying to make a lot of space. The Adam Thielen thing, they're still trying to work through that. They're still trying to work through a Harrison Smith extension. So we'll see what happens there. And obviously they have all the way until I think three o'clock central on, uh, on today on Wednesday to actually get themselves, you know, cap compliant so they could technically sign somebody on Wednesday morning and then make the cap space later in the day. The other news, and I think maybe the biggest actual headline here, is that the tender deadline is about to pass. They have all the way until the start of the league year, but it sounds like nobody's getting tendered. And that also means that it sounds like nobody is getting re-signed at all unless they bring back Anthony Harris. That's the only one with any steam. Eric Wilson seems like he's going to go. Uh, it seems, well, Rashad Hill came back. I guess he got re-signed for the one-year deal um, and no, none of the tenders, which means Mike Boone, he is going to find uh a new place elsewhere. It sounds like the Vikings did give him like a low ball offer and he wants to go be a second running back and not a third running back. And the Vikings don't have that room for him. So he's probably going to go elsewhere. Uh, it sounds like Chad Beebe is going to try to go get more money elsewhere than what the Vikings would give to him, give to him. They weren't willing to to offer him the $2.1 million tender. And they also weren't willing to offer the $2.1 million tender to Afadio Denebo. And that's one that I personally really disagree with. I think Afadio Denebo is a better player than Steve, Steven Weatherly. Um, I think that it's been true f- pretty clearly for the last like three years. And so to extend $2.5 million to Weatherly and then not extend 2.1 to Odenabo, it- it's probably not this one-to-one in the grand scheme of everything. And we'll see what the defensive line looks like when they're done with it at the end of everything. But it does kind of seem like they chose Stephen Weatherly over Afadi Odenabo at relatively similar price points. And, and I think that's just a whiff. I, I think uh, Afadi Odenabo is just a more consistent producer of pressure, and he's more consistent against the run than Stephen Weatherly was. Stephen Weatherly, I think he can uh, be a better stand-up rusher inside on third downs, which has to be their plan because both of their defensive tackles, both of their projected starting defensive tackles, Thank <laughs> you. 
are probably going to come off on third down. So it's probably going to be that, you know, stand up Stephen Weatherly edge rusher thing on third down. And he's better at that. So I guess he gets that point. But I think overall being a better pressure producer is more important. And the other thing is that the Vikings released Stephen Weatherly to uh, create $3.75 million of, of cap. Makes a lot of sense after they signed Dalvin Tomlinson. There's really no place for Stephen Weatherly. Dalvin Tomlinson is going to do everything Stephen Weatherly did, but he's just a, a much better player than Stephen Weatherly, who's a low end, I guess, maybe starter, probably more better suited as a as a rotation player. Um, and Dalvin Tomlinson is a true bona fide, you know, above average starter at that particular uh, assignment. So that's just going to be an improvement there. And there's no real place for Weatherly on the roster, especially at his price point. So that has now kind of untangled itself. And the defensive line is starting to take shape. However, there's this whole Daniil Hunter thing, which we're going to get to in a little bit. We also uh, still have to talk to Patricia Trena. But first, let me talk to you about Built Madness. So March Madness, we're do- everybody's doing their brackets, right? And Built is doing a bracket to find the best flavor. Today's matchup is another peanut butter versus coconut. It's regular peanut butter versus coconut puff. Listen, I'm a big peanut butter chocolate guy and and coconut. There's way too many coconuts in here. We got to weed out some of these coconuts. So I'm going to be voting for peanut butter. But if you want to vote, you can vote at builtbar.com. You can go to bar underscore built as well to vote. And if you want to buy some built bar for yourself, try these flavors out a little bit. You can enter promo code locked on 15 and get 15% off of your order. That's locked on one five, all one word for 15% off of your order at builtbar.com. All right, so next up is the conversation with Patricia Trena, but first get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your favorite shows. So without further ado, I brought on Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants, and here's that interview. All right, so to answer some of my questions about the Vikings' new defensive tackle, Dalvin Tomlinson, I went and got a Giants expert. I'm here with Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants. Patricia, how's it going? Hey, Luke, how's it going? Uh, doing pretty well. We've had a, a crazy couple of days, you and I. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, an understatement, that's for sure. But uh, listen, it's better than sitting around twiddling your thumbs trying to figure out what to, to write about or what to bro- podcast about. So True, true. Yeah, like manufacturing random content out of, out of nothing. So, well, let's talk about the big guys. So I guess if you were to describe Dalvin Tomlinson and like his whole ethos and kind of uh, you know, one or two points, what would it be? Like, I know he's a defensive tackle. I know he's mostly a run stuffer, but, um, you know, give me the, the overall general scoop. Well, first off, Vikings fans are going to love this guy. The Giants fans loved him. Um, he was a, a homegrown Giant product, drafted by the team, developed by the team, went from being, you know, th- this quiet little rookie into a team leader, a Walter Payton of the man, uh, honoree, or, or a, Walter Payton, yeah, here, yeah, yeah, Walter Payton Award uh, honoree, just a tremendous human being who does a lot of you know good work in the in the community, has some charity work. We we just it's interesting. We we just did an article on him before the start of uh, you know the legal tampering period about some of his charity work that's on giantscountry.com if anybody's interested in checking it out. I'll, uh, I'll link it in the show notes so so people can find it. Yeah, definitely. And uh but Dalvin Tomlinson um as, as a football player, I mean this is a guy who has never missed a game. He's he's been durable. He, you know, he does a lot of the dirty work inside. So when you look at his stats, you probably are not going to be impressed. But turn on the tape and look mm-hmm. at how he 
eats up double blockers, which creates gaps for other guys to exploit. And, you know, this is also a kid who, in addition to being a run stopper, he has some mobility and, you know, uh, some quickness to, to, to push the pocket and rush the passer. Now, he doesn't, again, he doesn't have the numbers to back that up. I think his career high has been three and a half sacks, which he's had each of the last two years. But this is a guy who was starting to really round into his own. He's young. He's he's at the prime of his career, and, and mm-hmm. I can't say this enough. You guys got yourself a really good one. We're we're all devastated here in Giants <laughs> country that he is gone. Yeah, I've I've seen some of that, you know, and him being this, you know, homegrown, like really kind of fan favorite type. Um, but schematically, there's this really weird kind of uh, tide going on in Minnesota because the Vikings have Michael Pierce as well. That seems to be kind of redundant with Dalvin Tomlinson. So we're trying to figure out what he's going to be used for. And I guess to that end, uh, I want to talk about Patrick Graham a little bit, who's kind of become, I think, one of my favorite like underrated coaches or coaching assistants in the league and how he used Dalvin Tomlinson. Did he just kind of play straight up, you know, over the center, nose tackle, eat up a double team and kind of be that guy? Or, Or was there more creativity i guess to to uh, his usage schematically yeah uh patrick graham was very creative with how he used all his defense alignment tomlinson was was primarily the nose tackle but there were some instances where you saw him as the one tech a few instances where he lined up as a three tech and even some where he lined up as a as a five tech so um basically he's flexible enough to move all over the the uh, hmm. defensive line. I think his strength is in the middle at you know the zero tech, which is the nose tackle, and the one tech where he's just lining off to the to the center's um, shoulder. And again, he's got a quick first step, a quick burst. He's into his man. Like as soon as that ball is snapped, it's like the center better quick get his head up because Dalvin's going to be in his face that that quickly. And you know. Again, the numbers aren't there, so please, Vikings fans, don't get hung up on the statistics. This is a really good, solid, young defensive lineman, a guy who creates opportunities for um, for the pass rush. I'll tell you, last year, the Giants did not have um, the proverbial blue chip pass rusher, but yet they still finished in the top half of the league in sacks. Part of that reason was the creativity by, you know, Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, and that featured a lot of Dalvin Tomlinson, the guy who really didn't come off the field for the Giants. I think, you know, he he usually played at least, you know, 70% or more of the snaps, just a really good overall um, football player, an excellent young leader. And I, I think, you know, amongst uh, the media, once you get to know him, you're going to really like talking to this young man. Very smart, by the way. Uh, Patricia, thank you so much for coming and explaining Dalvin Tomlinson to me. No problem, Luke. Take care. You too. So it sounds like the Bears missed out on Russell Wilson. So bullet dodge there for everybody else in the NFC North. But they had to move to their backup plan, which, you know, naturally is Andy Dalton, as we'd all expect. Uh, and it sounds like he's actually got a legit chance to like be the starting quarterback. Like they actually weirdly believe in him. I don't know what this Chicago like bargain bin quarterback idea is. The Nick Foles thing is really weird over there. Either way, their betting odds went down. So if you think Chicago can luck their way into an NFC North title, say, you know, you don't believe in the Packers, you don't believe in the Vikings. Of course, the Lions aren't relevant and you want to you want to. Uh, make a bet at like plus 500 right now, that is the time. You can head over to betonline.ag 
and enter promo code locked on, you get a 50% welcome bonus. That means for every $100 in your very first deposit, Bet Online will match 50% of that. So 50 bucks of free Gramblin money. So head on over to betonline.ag, enter promo code locked on when you sign up on your computer, on your mobile. It's really easy, it's free. And uh, when you make your first deposit, you get a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code locked on at betonline.ag. All right, are y'all ready for the NFL Draft? You can join Locked On NFL Draft hosts Trevor Sigma and Benjamin Solak as they give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on 2021 draft prospects with team-centric guest mocks coming right around the corner. So follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so on Monday, as we were all waiting for uh, free agency news to pile in and watching the all of the rumors and stuff, uh, Chad Graff decided to lob a grenade directly into uh the the vikings community uh, i'm just kidding we've had chad on the show love chad uh he wrote a piece that he uh kind of detailed everything about the daniel hunter situation and there's been a lot of speculation about the daniel hunter situation as much as i've been able to i've tried to stay away from it because you know i don't want to amplify things that are unsourced or, or whatever but chad graff is legit and uh so we can kind of talk about it in earnest daniel hunter's unhappy with his contract and that is not a surprise, right? And there's been some reports and stuff, and Ian Rappaport, even back in October, he dropped a tweet that was like, maybe they'll have to make him the highest play as, uh, paid player or, uh, or or trade him, and then that turns out to be, you know, really complicated by his injury, and that's the, the situation, right? Daniel Hunter is very underpaid. You can't look at his contract and be like, that is fair compensation, and looking at what other edge rushers make around the league, especially since it's now been, you know, three, four years since Daniel Hunter signed his contract, the cap has gone up, deals have gone up, as they always do, uh, except, you know, this year's weird, but whatever. Daniel Hunter is very underpaid, and he wants a new deal. And there is, to some degree, like, hey, you signed a five-year contract, you shouldn't have done that, and, you know, that's kind of, that's your agent's fault and all that stuff. Um, there was some speculation in the article that he didn't want uh, new, or that he wanted to seek new representation. Daniel Hunter very swiftly tweeted, you know, hashtag elite fam for life, elite athlete management is his agency, um, so... You know, he probably isn't seeking new representation. He probably isn't that mad, though I would get it if he was, because, of course, he signed a deal that even at the time, everybody like I think I wrote a piece. I was like, we got to steal with this. Like, this is going to age so crazy and he's going to be really, really underpaid in three years. It was pretty obvious. So now he wants more money. So what, what do we do with this? Right. Well, first, I think we should probably play a little bit of myth fact, because I think there's going to be a lot of panic going on. So we're all going to get together, we're going to hold hands, we're going to sing a little kumbaya, we're going to relax, I'm going to bring in some nice, soothing tunes, and we're going to play a little bit of myth fact with this. Because if you read the article, it says something very specific, and it very deliberately doesn't say other things. For example, there's a lot going around, and of course it's going to, about how everybody wants out of Minnesota, and this is just another example of Mike Zimmer, nobody wants to play for Mike Zimmer. That's not really true. If you look at the players who have left Minnesota, it's either been for money or sometimes it's been Zimmer's fault, but it's not like about his personality, uh, like with J. Ron Curse or Mackenzie Alexander, that was like start-sit decisions that they were mad about, and rightfully so, and that's Zimmer's fault, but it's not like a referendum on his coaching style. This is not the case with Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter has been one of uh, Mike Zimmer's bigger fans. In He loves being in this defense. He loves being on this team. Uh, he has before. It's just about money. He wants more money. He feels underpaid. And he might feel a little bit offended by the value of the contract and the fact that the Vikings aren't, uh, you know, rushing to pay him. And of course, the neck injury has a lot to do with that. 
but this isn't an inherently personal conflict. It's a financial one. Another myth you might want to watch out for is Daniil Hunter has demanded a trade. He hasn't demanded a trade. The article very specifically said he's exploring his options. Those options are hold out. I don't think that's a great option for him, but it's one he could try. That he could publicly demand a trade that's in the cards, but he has not yet. He could try to, you know, keep negotiating a deal, maybe one gets struck, or he could wait until next year where there's more money on the table. He will have played a full season, hopefully, right? You'll know more about the injury and the Vikings might be more willing to come to the table and pay him a little bit of extra money. Another myth is that the Vikings can't afford to pay Daniil Hunter. They absolutely can if they wanted to. Say you wanted to give him a deal that amounts to five years, $140 million, right? Really big edge rusher contract that puts him in the upper echelon. It would make him, I think, a top five paid defensive end. I actually pitched one of those back in January that would totally work, and that was before they even had uh, made a, a lot of the cap room they had. That was a move that I had pitched not even needing to release Riley Reef because if you stack a bunch of signing bonus on it, you can actually reduce the 2021 cap hit and you can make the other years work as you see fit. I'll link that in the show notes. I also tweeted it out yesterday. So hopefully that can calm you down a little bit. Daniil Hunter is not spasming his way out of the organization. The Vikings can afford to keep him if they want to. And currently they are electing to wait and see, or maybe they're just trying to figure out where he's at with the injury. And once they feel confident with the injury, they can pay him if they want to. And if they don't want to, then we can indict that and criticize it and, you know, have that discussion at the time. And I think the interpersonal part of this is, you know, you're, you're, speculating on what people you haven't met think about people you haven't met, right? There's not much we can speculate about who is actually how upset and, and really where it all is other than the reports we hear. Again, a secondhand thing that somebody you haven't met is saying about somebody you haven't met that they heard from somebody you haven't met. I think I'll just kind of back out of that discussion. But if it is truly an interpersonal thing, the way to solve it is money. It doesn't sound like this is something that he's angry about the defense. It doesn't sound like he's angry about how good the team has or hasn't been. It doesn't sound like he's angry about any teammates or his coaches. He's angry because he's underpaid. And I, I think everybody in this situation has acted pretty reasonably up to this point. And the fact that it has led to a conflict is more of an unfortunate kind of product of circumstance than it is somebody, you know, being uncharitable to somebody else. Daniil Hunter signed a deal that got him like 40 million guaranteed in 2018, and he was like 21 or something, or 22 at the time, I think. He was very young. And that that works, right? For a player that is that young, that had had three pretty good years, that contract worked. Now, while I think he signed a deal that was probably below the value he should have signed, he still got like $40 million guaranteed. For a young guy like that, that'll work, right? And now that you've played a little more and you want more money, I think he's well within his rights to try to explore the leverages he has access to to do that. And the funny thing you want to blame, blame the CBA for not giving players anything but a nuclear option. People are going to be naturally incentivized to maximize their own value. That's how every negotiation in all of life works. You always want to maximize your equity, right? And so for players, they don't really have a lot of tools with which to do that other than hitting free agency and then pitting teams against each other and in free agency you can negotiate. But between contracts, there's really no tools. Teams have all of the, the control in the world and they get to decide whether to cut or trade or restructure or do whatever. And largely, they can wield that leverage against players with impunity. That causes situations like this. Players naturally will want 
to maximize their value. There's nothing wrong with that, there's nothing personal about it, so don't blame Daniil Hunter for wanting more money and wanting to maximize his own value. You probably want to maximize your own value too in life. Blame the lack of tools that he has and the fact that really the only recourse that the League has given a player like him in a situation like his is to demand a trade or hold out or go completely nuclear with it. There's kind of no in-between. But similarly, I don't think the Vikings have done anything wrong. And I think in negotiations, you know, there's an economic term about perfectly rational actors, which is, you know, actors that will behave in a kind of economically predictable way that's usually very selfish. People want what's best for them and for their family, um, and they aren't doing things for, you know, the benefit of, of the nation. Otherwise, everybody would, like, work for the government for free, right? And I think that same concept applies to negotiations. Everybody is rational. Everybody is kind of perfectly selfish, if you will. They're all looking out for their own interests, and that's why you get into a negotiation, and you want to pay this much, and I want to make this much, and we have to come to an agreement there, and that's kind of the, the conflict wherein money is won and lost. Inherently, I don't think that that's contentious. And if there is something contentious between, you know, Daniel Hunter or his agent, doesn't sound like it, uh, or Daniel Hunter and Rick Spielman or Daniel Hunter and, and anybody in that front office, we can only have so much access to that dynamic. And so most of the things people are going to speculate about that dynamic, I'm not going to put much weight into. All we can really do is wait and see. If I were the Vikings, I would pay the man immediately. I think that chancing it on a 24-year-old um, you know, obviously neck injuries can be really scary, but I think the probability on a 24-year-old is a lot less than a probability on, you know, a 31-year-old. And I think if you have an availability concern, well, the worst way to exacerbate an availability concern is to make him available none, where he, you know, holds out or, or you have to trade him or something like that. And of course, you know, you're going to keep your ears open to any trade offers if somebody decides to, uh, you know, sell the farm for Daniil Hunter, you'll have your ears open for that. But obviously, don't back off of your principles. Don't unload him for a third just to be rid of the headache. But we're a long way away from that particular fate, and there are a lot of chances to make a better decision. So I want to end the show by just having everybody take a deep breath with me. This is just good to do every once in a while in your daily life. Breathe in with me, in really slowly, and breathe out with me really slowly. All right, we're going to have to do that sometimes, and that's okay. That's a good thing. You should try to do that at least once a day. I will see you all tomorrow on the Locked On Vikings podcast. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL, and you can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And as always, skull. <laughs>